four girls like us, and we're here with Amy from Ammo and the Sniffers. So would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and the band and whatnot? Yeah, sure. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Amy Taylor. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm an Australian, like, I guess, singer-songwriter in the band Ammo and the Sniffers. Um, which is kind of like just pub rock, pub punk music. Um, and we've been playing since 2016. Awesome. How'd you get started like within punk? Like how did you kind of dive into that genre? Um, to be honest, I feel like when we started, it was more like garage music. So like just any kind of noise coming from any kind of person that like was really exciting to me. So like, you know, that'd be somebody with like a bloody laptop behind them and they'd just be like screaming I was like this is fucking art and then like, <laughs> they'd be like you know that'd be like three people who didn't know how to play their instruments playing the same chord I was like this is amazing so I feel like that was my like Melbourne experience with it but when I was a bit younger um like around 14 I went to a fair few like all ages hardcore kind of shows um and I really liked that a lot so I think that shaped kind of our live performance at least now but yeah honestly it's like when we started I just any kind of live music at all I just really loved it and I just wanted to replicate it and be a part of the music scene were you just looking to be a part of it like in any capacity or were you looking for that like loud aggressive sound um I feel like in any capacity but it like as just because of the person that I am and the things that I like it just had to be kind of loud and aggressive because <laughs> I, I couldn't I there's no way I could write like a whole album that or I was like sitting still like I can't even sit still like forever so um it just had to happen it had to be like that I guess yeah have you always been like really energetic <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just like yeah just kind of always like yeah yeah excited always and stuff. always moving always moving. Yeah, like you <laughs> yeah because you like watch y'all live or like the music videos and you're just like constantly like moving and I'm like are you tired like (laughs) I just can't stop moving I'm like that movie where there's the truck but if it stops it explodes (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) even that like studio sessions video that that, like recent one you're still like kind of moving like you're still but it's like you're moving like like bouncing well even like probably even just like in this conversation you can see how much like I just move and like twist and, and like flick <laughs> um but yeah I guess it's like yeah so basically to go back to it, it's like I guess the music I will make will always have elements of that because that's a big part of who I am and unless there's like a big drastic change in like who I am then it'll always have to be like that I suppose um but you know it's like I enjoy softer music as well at certain points but to make it would be difficult for me yeah Uh, it's almost like reflective of your upbringing though too right because you kind of grew up in like a more of like a rugged environment like kind of like gritty type yeah a bit much so yeah so it's like I grew up on like a property and like it was a bit more rough like dad was a builder we grew up in like a shed so it was like my dad built the shed and like when it would storm the rain would come in the cracks and we all shared one bedroom until we were nine while well, he was building like another house next to the shed that was bigger and it's a beautiful house now and they've done really well for themselves um it's like made out of like all these big rocks that um that like dad would drive around in in the truck and like put um rocks in the back of it so it's like it's a fucking big house but it's like yeah like half of it's built with rocks <laughs> um that he used to like he bought some of them but he stole some as well um and yeah it was just like very like 
it was very I guess like wholesome upbringing um and just like it was a bit different like you know we tried to reuse like a lot of like all the water so it's like you'd wash the clothes in like the bath water and then the bath you'd use that the water the plants and like just like real wholesome I guess um and yeah I don't know and just like it was it's 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 funny now because like I went up home recently and like obviously me and my sister don't live at home anymore and like dad's retired so he's got some like savings out of the bank and like they're finally finishing off the house and like finishing the loans and mum's got like a job after seven years of studying so they're doing really well for themselves now but growing up we were like very working class and like like dad is really working class and like so it's like I've always got that attitude um where it's like you know if I'd get like five dollars pocket money he'd be like you got five dollars but that'll go quicker than you think you know and then I'd get like a job and like I'd save up like hundred bucks or something like you think that's a lot of money but it'll go really quick so it's like I've just got that attitude in a big way where it's like gotta work and like I like it heaps because it's just so ingrained in me yeah it's definitely reflective across the music for sure it's very loud and just brash and aggressive and amazing. yeah I do I listen to I listen to comfort to me when I'm working out because it just like gets me going like I yeah. have to listen to it. like when I'm like running or something you know and I'm, it's like that first song I'm like oh my gosh okay here we go <laughs> you can do it keep going <laughs> maybe I should record like um an album where like the interludes are like come on bitch keep going one more mile <laughs> Who has it? It's like the Nike, like the Nike training app. Yeah. Where they like talk to you as you're running. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you should record one of those. <laughs> like yeah. a training app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be so fucking funny, and everyone would be like, "What the fuck is that noise in my ear?" <laughs> I think we're onto something here. Yeah. <laughs> so next, next big idea, right now. Right now. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna lock that one away. <laughs> so you when. You started, you know, kind of as a band, you weren't really like a singer per se, like you kind of did it, you know, in bars and like just for fun and stuff. And then you kind of like gravitated into it, right? Yeah, definitely. Like I I always really did want to be a performer in some capacity or like, you know, whatever, but I wasn't a singer. I didn't know how to sing. I didn't know how to write lyrics. Like, um, but I guess the reason that I got into lyricism and singing was because like if I was at a party or something, and would be in like the smokers area I'd be like I'd get drunk and just like freestyle rap for friends um <laughs> and then like you know like some of the boys are in other bands that would play at house shows and like while they're playing I'd be like can I get up and just like freestyle rap on a song and stuff like that um but yeah I guess it's not something I really did before um but yeah it's kind of come pretty natural I guess in a, in a lot of ways um just because I'm not too fussed by other people's opinions and have a lot of thoughts floating around in my head. So how did like the band kind of form then? Like, how did you all kind of figure everyone's roles in it? Um, honestly, it was really organic. Like we all lived together. So we had a different bass player at the time, um, Callum, who we lived with. And we'd like, we'd all just fucked around at the house and we're like, we should start a house band. Like, and we should make it like the B-52s and we'll call it the 121s. Cause that was the address <laughs> of the house. <laughs> so <laughs> When we started, we thought it'd be something like that. Um, and we just came home, like I was at TAFE, which is, I guess, like community college, um, studying music business at the time. And and then um, and then I came home and like I had a drum kit already set up in my room, just like because there was nowhere else to put it. 
and we're like, oh, we'll just record some songs. And we're like, what? Okay, yeah, all right. And then everyone just picked up an instrument and um and and everybody that was so like Bryce had never played drums before, um, Declan never played guitar before. Um, I don't I, I don't think Callum's played bass before, and I don't think Gus, our current bass player, plays bass before and I hadn't sung. So it was just mainly about spirit and fun and like wanting to be included on like playing at house shows, really. Were those songs the ones that kind of turned into your first EP? Yeah, we recorded it. So just say it was a Tuesday. We got home at like four. We stayed up to like 11 writing and recording. And then we put them on band camp the next day. And that's how the band started. Wow. wow. We didn't think about it. <laughs> we just didn't think like we didn't, we didn't think about it or like analyze it or like I was at that time just really proud. I was like, oh my God, these are fucking songs and shit. I'm like, let's put them up now. Like, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, and you, you kind of started growing pretty fast too early on. Like, you kind of caught the attention of some pretty known people. Yeah, it's really surprising. Um, especially looking back and like listening to that first EP, I'm like, motherfucker, there's a song that goes for 40 seconds. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> People but, have short attention spans, you know. Yeah. They got to play TikTok era. We're getting into it. <laughs> um, nah, yeah. I don't. It did. It did take off pretty quick, and like, it's it's hard to even comprehend sometimes because, I mean, I don't really know what's going on. Um, but yeah, it did take off pretty quickly, um, and that's something we really wanted, but also just didn't understand. Um, at all so like I remember like being like oh I want to like be like successful so I'll just like email my band camp link to like two radio stations in the U.S. and see what happens you know it's like I don't know that kind of stuff like um but yeah it, it did take off pretty quick. Do you think having that almost like no fear attitude with everything has kind of helped? Yeah I think I think so it's like I, I guess not having like the um the skill of critical thinking until maybe like the last six months was like a really big benefit for the band um and me because it was just kind of like you know would get offered to do something would have no idea how to do it and just like let's just do it um and just mainly just giving it a go and and stuff but also just being lucky enough to have the opportunities because I guess that's not something that everybody does and I think we know that as well it's like you know to have any kind of offer in any kind of way it's like I do just want to say yes to everything because I don't know what's going to happen next you know and it's like I yeah yeah we just said yes to everything basically and still pretty much try to (laughs) what was your like your first show as a band like let me think for a second (laughs) (laughs) okay I think the first show we played was at a bar called Yaya's um, and I think we played a 2 a.m. slot. This is just, I, it was like, so we've been a band for six years now. So it might be, I might get some details wrong, but this is my memory of it. But it was Yaya's. So it was an upstairs venue. Um, and downstairs they played like indie dance bangers, you know, like, uh, like let's dance to Joy Division, like that kind of stuff. And then, up, and they sold like heaps of vodka Red Bulls and stuff like that. And we played upstairs at 2 a.m. because they're doing like 2 a.m. slots. Um, and I think our set went for like 10 minutes because we didn't, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have any songs. <laughs> um, and that's all I can really remember. And I remember, <laughs> I remember like, so we had, we had four songs as a band. One of them went for 40 seconds. No one had done their instrument like that before. 
And then Declan and Bryce were both in other bands. So we're like, okay, well, well, you guys have other songs in your other bands. Why don't we just cover two of those songs? That way our set can go for at least 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) And then I remember somebody being like, turn up the vocals. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) That's great. You like wait around all day to play and then you play for 10 minutes. And we're really like, we're like, we got to like stretch this out somehow kind of thing. And I remember then like the second gig, we played at a bar called Cherry Bar and it was like a similar thing. We were like opening band. We played for 10 minutes. And I remember the guy who like was managing the bar was like, you know, bands don't usually play for 10 minutes. I don't know if I can give you like a full rider. <laughs> <laughs> Just half but the that kind of Yeah, that kind of like spontaneity is like so formative for us because it's like because we only had those tiny songs and like we got stuff started happening so quick and we were only playing 10 minute sets and we're like well we have to write songs literally so that we can actually play sets properly so it's like the second EP Big Attraction was written like for the purpose to not to at least play for like 20 minutes because all that that's only goes for like 12 minutes as well I'm pretty sure so (laughs) yeah like worked your way up to like a full set with each album (laughs) yeah exactly but the whole I guess the whole thing as well is like because Amal I think you guys call it poppers you know poppers oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. so so we we call poppers Amal um hence the name or whatever but um it only lasts for like 30 seconds and then you get a headache so it worked out really similar because you're like that's what our music is I guess (laughs) yeah (laughs) but maybe you don't get the loose butthole (laughs) (laughs) or maybe you do I don't know it depends on it depends on what kind of show it is that night I guess yeah (laughs) where you are what you're doing exactly (laughs) exactly that's that's awesome and like it is really reflective like across you know the band's journey and I think you know just with comfort to me Comfort to me is almost like a standalone album compared to the previous albums. Like when reading about it and like the process it took, you know, to make that album, it felt a little more deliberate with everything. You know, you kind of went in saying, I want it to be this. It's going to talk about this. It's going to sound like this. Yeah, definitely. It was more um, considered and more, uh, I guess, yeah, more considered and like, I think like all the boys as instrumentalists, like just from playing so much, it's like they really have gotten, like we've all just come a long way from where we started. Um, And yeah, just like more considered, especially lyrically, um, I guess because like, I guess I'm just getting older, but also I've gained like critical thinking a little bit more and like a bit more, I don't know, I guess it's like just going through a lot of dark times changes your perspective in a big way. So it's like you do, I did, I felt like I, I had to just express myself differently. And I think that comes out um, probably in the lyrics. Yeah. And I like mm. too, that there's like a delicate balance with the lyrics and like the vulnerability of it. And then you still have that like loud sound that's been known through the band. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I guess cause like, uh, you know, as females, I feel like, well, I don't know I'm just live streaming my thoughts here but it's like as females it's like we're expected to be really strong all the time and like I find myself often like the only female in like the green room or the only female you know in the space that I'm in um and it's like we do have different experiences and it's like I don't want to be strong all the time and I don't want to pretend to be like the my like my male counterparts and just be like staunch it's like I want to prove that like 
my femininity is my staunchness and my ability to like show vulnerability and want to show vulnerability is part of my strength, not just like the actual like violence that I love and like the like anger that I feel. It's like also my like desire to be like soft and to tell people that I'm insecure or sad or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And not have to like, not have to just be like, fuck yeah, everything's sweet. Cause I'm like just with the boys and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think it can be a little hard kind of expressing those emotions in a scene that's known for being, you know, tough and loud and hard and all these things? Um, I think at points, but I don't find like in terms of like lyrically, I don't find that it's difficult for me to do that. And I think it's received usually pretty well because I think people are open to hearing that. And especially, I guess, after the pandemic, when most people have been pretty introspective and pretty dark, um, I think it's more welcomed. Uh, I do feel like sometimes maybe to in conversations it would be harder, but at the same time, I don't know because it's not like I'm, I don't know. It's not like I have big DNMs when I'm in the green room or anything. So. <laughs> How was it like writing these vulnerable songs and then kind of presenting it to the guys in the band? Um, honestly, I think they were really surprised because like when we were re- rehearsing, they couldn't hear the lyrics at all. They just had like this like <laughs> crazy streak, like because we were just doing it in like a shed kind of space. So it was really teeny. And like we had no idea what the song sounded like. This was the first time we ever did demos as well. Um, but the lyrics were nowhere near finished then. Um, so I think like, you know, songs like when they had knifey, the boys all got pretty upset. I think they all got pretty emotional. Um, and they're all really supportive of like the, like the struggles of the, you know, their female counterparts and stuff. And they know how hard it can be some, sometimes for me. And they're really supportive of that, which is dope. My housemates just walking past. Yeah, they're all really supportive of that and do, you know, try to understand as best as they can with the, you know, personalities that they have. (laughs) Yeah, that's understandable too. I think like with anyone, you know, it can be a little hard finding out that the person that you're friends with or that you love or whatever it is has these emotions and these feelings and are going through these things that they might not talk about enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, yeah, a lot of the lyrics, they were kind of like, oh, yeah, that's tough and that. So, yeah. Have you had anyone come up to you at all or, you know, comment or message you saying that the lyrics on this album resonate more with them? Yeah, I have um, a little bit. Like, I I guess because, you know, during the lockdown, it's like we haven't had much real world interaction with it. Um, But a a fair few people have, like, we played a show in Queensland and I looked out to the audience and there was like an older woman during knifey just like it looked like she was almost crying and I was like I nearly fucking cried too I was like man that hits me up so much um but yeah I have got like messages on Instagram like social media is really good for that like hearing what people think but like a couple of messages on Instagram just saying that the lyrics really resonate with them and stuff even stuff like you know the funny ones like don't need a cunt like you to love me that like people are kind of like yes bitch <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> like I love having the fun songs on there too yeah shake it up a little bit good balance yeah 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 exactly you gotta laugh at how fucked up everything is sometimes (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's great though and I mean with this album like you guys have been a band for a good amount of time and 
you caught the attention early, but I feel like it was almost a slow burn in a sense. Like you were kind of still under the radar a little bit as you were gaining attention and gaining all this traction. And then once Cutfort to me came out, it just exploded everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's good to hear. I, I did feel like that a little bit. But again, like I said, I, I did feel like a little bit separate because I'm not in the real world. Like I'm just on like Instagram being like, yes, like nine reshares or something. <laughs> 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 it's hard to like actually, it doesn't, I, like I know that it exists, but it's it's hard to know what's real, like what what it is at this stage. Like it's not, I feel like when, when we get out and we start touring, which we will do this year, hopefully it's like, then we'll be like, holy shit, this is so exciting. Um, but it's hard to know what's tangible at this stage, you know. Um, but, I, yeah, it's really exciting. It's, like, it's addictive as well. It's like, I just want, I'm like, yeah, I want like more, bigger, let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, do you, like, do you ever feel like being in Australia, like, not separated in a sense, but almost like there's a disconnect between, like, other parts of the world? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, even just if you think about the, the like the climate and stuff you know it's like if I'm in like whatever I'm like hot and sweating and then like I'm trying to like relate to somebody I'm like oh I can't do it you look so hot in that sweater (laughs) but um (laughs) no not really that um but (laughs) but I guess like for because like even just like getting overseas or whatever so for an Australian band it is really hard to get out and over there even though like there's a lot of support internationally it's like you know, visas are really expensive. Touring, like, it just looks a little bit different for us because um, it's like if we need to get the flights to say, just say even just America and then like the visas and like all of that shit. And then also like try and afford to be on the road for that long or whatever. It's like we do usually have to tour longer. Um, and it's not as easy to just be like, oh, like we're going to play one off show in London or one off show in New York. It's like we have to go fucking like, really hard like we've done like four months tours before we've just been on the road constantly um in april we'll be on tour for three months straight and i know a lot of bands can do that but it's just like it's almost how to survive as like an australian band because you can't just like go on the tour for a week and then go home for five days it's like you got to commit uh, and that's my experience with it anyway um so i guess there's a disconnect in that sense um but i also i feel like there's a lot of support in a lot of ways from international people so um yes and no I guess we are really far away <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't just be like the Foo Fighters and pop in for a show and then pop out mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no nah, not yet but if somebody wants to pay for that then I would absolutely love to do that <laughs> maybe at one point but not right now yeah <laughs> I, can, I can see it happening <laughs> right yeah yeah you well you were touring pretty extensively like early on there was yeah we pretty much toured like 2019 and 2018 we're pretty much on the road the whole time and it's funny like I was just talking to my housemate about it but like over the last two years it's like I've like you know experienced like settle settling and like having like a room and like being like oh maybe I'll like you know like indulge in the idea of like buying like a nice coat sofa or like buying like a painting for my wall or something but now we're going away again it's like I kind of have to like get rid of most of my stuff and like start from fresh and I was just saying that it's like you know I'm just in my mind I was kind of like oh I'll try and like hang on to like a house and try and have like comfort and like maybe like have like a really nice space or whatever but it's like if I do that then it's too stressful because it's like in between two worlds and like I can't pretend I can't pretend that it's like I live in a life because I don't so it's like in a way it's better to just be like fuck everything get rid of most of my stuff 
keep a tiny bit in storage and just go with it because there's no like even though I'd love to like have like a nice bedroom and like nice cups or something it's like it's not realistic so yeah it's interesting but yeah we did do a lot starting off and yeah it'll, it'll be busy again this year it's exciting how was it like with the lockdowns and everything um Melbourne had the longest lockdown in the world I think so I think that was like I think it was like three or four months where we had an 8 p.m curfew and we couldn't leave further than five kilometers um so it was really brutal and I think yeah it's like we had I think eight lockdowns total maybe it was like six I don't know what it was it was like six or seven lockdowns total um only just I think last Friday were music venues open to full capacity um so like it's I mean Nobody knows what they're doing in the pandemic. Everyone's trying to keep everyone safe, blah, blah, blah. But Melbourne's, were, yeah, the harshest in the world. So it was really tough. Um, and the music community has really suffered, like lots of venues struggling to stay afloat. Yeah. I saw like a, someone made like a really good point that like the music, the music scene is like an ecosystem. So it's like if a couple of small venues go down, then it's like not as many bands can play because there's only like, say, a small handful of small venues. So like less gigs every night, less bands starting less bands getting a chance to take off, like the whole thing's kind of, it's just, yeah, it's different. So how is it over there for you guys? What was, what was your places like? It was a shit show. It's still a shit show. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're yeah. in uh, California, so. Yeah. We're in California uh, in the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Nobody, no one knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, into a political thing, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes it makes it way more difficult. And then they like get rid of mask mandates, and then the, the cases go up again. And then they say, "Oh, wear a mask again," and then people still don't wear masks. And then yeah, I don't know oh, what's man. going on anymore. Like <laughs> so trying to do it like county by county, and then like state by state, but like no one could really get on board because you would have like a state that was like democratic that was like okay we're gonna wear masks blah blah and this stuff and then they would be next to a state that's like republican and it's like a free oh. for all so it's like oh, what's going on here it's just such a mess, <laughs> yeah i think unanimously like it's just been fucked up <laughs> yeah totally we can agree on that 100 <laughs> percent. it's like man remember when we only said it was going to be two weeks here we are two yeah. weeks later like <laughs> i know i know it's, like, it's crazy like I remember, yeah, still being like thinking there was like the memes about it were funny. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> we I still like we still get like the memes that we shared like the first few weeks. Like, there was one because it like what was it February March was like lockdown, but then punk rock bowling in Las Vegas was in May. And I still oh. remember I had shared a meme, and it was like me going to punk rock bowling, and it was like a guy in a hat hazmat suit like, at the yeah. airport, and I was like, "It's not funny looking at this now because that never happened." <laughs> I like, immediately thought of that meme when you said me about punk rock bowling. I was like, "Yep, the guy in the hazmat suit." <laughs> oh man, we, oh, yeah, yeah, that that one got more loaded as the years went by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's been crazy like I don't know it's I don't know it's a weird time and like even like what you said too that like the music industry is like an ecosystem like venues and bands like just struggled because I mean no one knew how long it was gonna be or you know if it was gonna get contained and I mean venues struggled but like bands also struggled too because they were still trying to practice or you know work on music yeah. and stuff but 
a lot of them we felt like came to this like consensus like what are we doing if we might like we might not get to play these songs we might not be able to have shows again like why are we still going to continue to do this super stagnant and like yeah like it'd be so tough for bands like trying to start out and trying to get people to listen and it's like there's no gigs happening and like you can't get to your friend's house to practice because you're locked down like whatever it is it's like I really feel for people trying to get stuff going on at the moment yeah but I mean things I think are getting better I don't know I think so. The same like <laughs> We're having shows and I mean I think at yeah. this point it's kind of like a you do what you need to do to be safe, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I think oh, shoot, when did, there was I remember seeing like a map at one point. Like someone was talking about Australia and talking about like how much of Australia is actually like populated compared to like the size of the country and it was mind blowing. It's fuck all. There's no one here. It's crazy. And they still have the most fucked up border policies for, like, a, like refugees and stuff. It's so fucked up. Um, there's so much space. You could literally, like, there's just so much fucking dead space. It's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, I think to get to Sydney, which is, like, so Melbourne and Sydney are, like, the two biggest cities, it's, like, if you were to drive, it'd be, like, 10 hours, and then it's pretty much just, like, nothing else exists. Actually, that's a bit. That's a bit. That's a bit of an exaggeration. There's heaps of shit going on. But would you say that like those are the two major cities? Then like for the like punk scene in Australia, I think so. And just in general, like yeah, I have no idea about populations and like maybe what I said before is offensive. That it's like pretty much just them. But it's like there's like Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane are like the three cities on the east coast, and then there's Perth, which is like fucking eight. It's like a four hour flight away. And then there's like Adelaide and yeah, they're just really that small cities. They're like, I don't know what you'd call them, but they're small cities, big towns, whatever. And then um, they've got their own little things. They've got their own little scenes brewing, but they are pretty small because they're just all small. Um, So Melbourne and Sydney. And then there's a couple of stuff going on like up the East coast, just as like a surf punk kind of genre thing. Um, But I don't know. I'm so out of touch with everything since COVID happened because there's just been no, no nothing, you know. Or I'm just maybe there is stuff, but I just don't know about it. But <laughs> I was <laughs> I was thinking about how you said when you first uh, like formed the band and it was going to be like a B52s esque band. Did y'all ever play like any B52 covers or anything? No, that's the way to start. <laughs> even yeah. like go. <laughs> didn't even go anywhere. <laughs> we, um, anywhere. Uh, we should have, but we didn't. <laughs> Just like yell, like yelling, like Love Shack or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I feel a- like if we just yell Love Love Shack once in a song, then maybe that counts. Yep. But we haven't even done that, so I don't know. You should just like at one of the shows, like just between the songs, just yell out Rock Lobster really quick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. See what yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool yeah. to hear like how diverse like the scenes are you know what I mean like every city kind of has their own thing going yeah essentially yeah like just different influences or whatever um like I feel like yeah Brisbane's more kind of like oh, I don't even know how to describe it but I'd maybe like more skate punk I don't know actually I, I'm gonna get it wrong I'm not I'm gonna cancel saying whatever I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm canceling myself <laughs> They're gonna come after you and be like, "You're a fuck." Ah, fuck. (laughs) So, who were like your personal influences, like growing up and now? 
Growing up, I don't know. Like I, I really like my first couple of CDs were like Ice Cube and Slayer, um, and like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who who my influences were. I guess right now it always changes so much. But like when we first started, like it was mainly just the scene around us. So like you know bands like Dumb Punts, just like kind of on this, I guess, like, they wouldn't necessarily be globally, like, recognised, but I just saw them play live at the local venue and was like, well, these guys are famous, you know. Um, like, so, like, bands like Dumb Punts or whatever. Um, that was, and, like, Cosmic Psychos, they're, like, an Australian pub rock band that, like, was a huge influence on us. Um, Eddie Current's Suppression Ring is, like, a big one for most people. Um, right now, though, I don't, I guess it changes all the time. Like, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> But like sonically, like I, I guess I listen to like heaps of different stuff. Like I really love Jungle Pussy. Um, I think she's a great performer and great rapper and great lyricist. I really like. Um, I've always really loved Piss Jeans. Um, I think they're great. I really like Ceremony. Like um, I can't pronounce that, but it's Rowan Park era. Um, and yeah, that kind of shit, I guess. Nice. I saw, an, I saw an article that was talking about like the album and how you said it needed a little more hip hop in it. Yeah, well, I, that's my main influence is like I really like UK grime a lot as well. Like during lockdown, there's this rapper called Brucey e, um, from fucking Nottingham or something, and he, he has this song called Inhaler. And I just spent every night like learning lyric for lyric, <laughs> but um, I guess just like I really appreciate the phrasing, um, the phrasing and like the wording. And like this is storytelling of um of hip hop, I guess. Do you think that helped you write your own lyrics? I think so, because yeah, it's like in my mind when I'm writing lyrics, I'm like freestyling. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, let's go. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean you can hear it in the songs too, like different elements picking up as you listen. Yeah, like probably in like snakes or like something like that, it does sound a bit more like a bit more rappy maybe um potentially yeah but I don't want to like I guess Limp Biscuit have already done that and hopefully it's got its own sonic pathway not that there's anything wrong with Limp Biscuit, but you know what I mean <laughs> I'm not looking to fuse genres or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's I mean there's a certain number of bands who do that pretty well <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> the head check <laughs> <laughs> that's so great Ammo and the Sniffers Limp Biscuit tour right. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine that would be actually pretty sick that's, I'd go <laughs> do this <That's> insane. <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty fucking fresh actually God, I like it <laughs> <laughs> write it down <laughs> that's another one yeah we talked about like the yellow jacket stuff like before we introduced you and stuff so we'll like talk about it again but like do you want to talk about like the process and finding out that Juliet lewis was gonna wear your shirt and yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah basically um yeah as i mentioned before it's like i don't know how Juliet found us or came across us but she's obviously a musician too and Juliet and the licks um so I guess she's got, she just has, a, she's, I think she just loves music. Um, but so I'm like milking every little last bit of our Instagram friendship until we met a lot in real life. But she just hit me up being like, 
I'm, I'm going to be in this new TV show. It's called Yellow Jackets. Like, I think my character would wear one of your shirts. Like, do you reckon I could have a couple? And I was like, yes. And then, and then it just continually got more exciting until we saw the picture. And then I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty exciting. Did you Did you watch the show when it came out? No, I haven't actually watched it yet. Uh, to be honest, I'm not, I, I struggle watching like TV series. Um, so, um, but I'm keen to see it. I've heard good things. It's a really good show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We were addicted to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to give it a crack. Maybe when winter hits here, I'll, I'll slide into it. Yeah, but like we, um, we would like see her comment like on the band account and your like personal account like and it's so cool to see because like she's like a rock star too you know and like it's cool to see like high profile like celebrities and stuff like still kind of in it and like they know yeah all these different bands I I think she just gets genuinely excited you know as like as most people who love music like she just gets really excited by like things that she thinks are interesting and like she just seems genuinely passionate about like music and like performing and like she just seems like she like breathes it and loves it and lives it yeah she she's a total rock star too and I mean we we can kind of see the parallels too between like your like on stage performance and like hers like you both kind of have that like really high energy and like the outfits and like all these different things too so it's really cool yeah. to see uh, I'd love to meet her one day. That'd be so cool. <laughs> if you play in LA, she might come out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, she lives in LA, and I, we always see her like that would be stories fucking awesome. That'd that's be so such a cool. cool idea. Yeah, it'd be awesome. God, that's. I mean, that's exciting though. Like, I mean, you guys have done so much. Like. Through the, through the start of the band, but just even, you know, with this album alone, like, have accomplished so much and just covered so much ground with it. It's really cool to see. Thank you. It's really exciting, yeah. The shows look like they've been so much, so much fun so far. Yeah, so far they've been great. And, and uh, yeah, it's been, like, I feel like there was a long time when our audience was mainly just, like, um, like older dudes, and now it seems to be, like, pretty diverse, and that's really exciting to see. Um, so... I think that that that's yeah, it's been that's been really nice. Um, and everyone's just full of energy and and like just keen to live life after like two years of not living it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to the states and seeing everybody over there. Yeah, that'll be fun for sure. And I mean, the mm-hmm. album has done so well here too. Yeah, but yeah, we were we were seeing the album like your album on everybody's top albums of the year, at least like over here. Oh, that's so good uh, to hear. Yeah, That's fucking exciting. I was going to ask, like, you already mentioned some of, like, your, like, hometown favorite bands that had inspired you. Anybody, like, from Australia right now that's, like, up and coming or have been doing really well that you're, like, fans of that we Let should check out? or Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I've been a bit out of the loop of, like, um, Australian music just because of the whole pandemic and live shows and everything. There's a band from Sydney who I really love. They're one of my favourite heavy bands in Australia. Um, they're called Coffin. Um, um, there's a band in Atlanta, which isn't obviously Australia, called Upchuck, who I really like. Um, and we're going to tour with both of those bands when we come to the States. Um, who else is there? There's a band called Concrete Lawn. I really like them. Um, I can't think of many. I'm too out of the loop. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. What's Perfect. <laughs> Those are great. Those are great suggestions. They're great. <laughs> That'll do. That'll yeah. do. That's great. There's, 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 there's a whole like yeah. There's a thriving music scene down here. There's a band called um, Blonde Revolver. They're really good. Um, but yeah. What do you hope people get from like this album and like listening to your music? Like, what do you want them to kind of take away from it? Um. I honestly don't know. Um, sorry, there's just a long dog going past. Oh, wait a second. Um, <laughs> I guess I just want, I just want someone to feel anything really, or like, you know, hopefully it makes them feel excited or maybe feels, um, I feel like in hard times, sometimes you just need to be reminded that like, yeah, stuff's really tough, but just laugh at it and like, don't take it so seriously. And like, make the most of the, of the hard time and, and, you know, don't let it rule you. So that'd be nice if some songs in there was like, it was like a powerful sadness rather than like a defeated, um, defeated sadness. That would be nice. Um, but honestly, I'm not too sure otherwise. It's <laughs> a good answer. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> if you were to, if you were to, um, like if someone came to you and was like, what song should I listen to? To, you know, figure you out what songs would you pick of yours? I'd pick Don't Fence Me In. I'd pick, um, I'd pick, yeah, Don't Fence Me In, maybe Knifey, and then maybe Snakes. Nice. Those are good ones. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Exciting. Awesome. Do you want to, um, like, plug the band social media and like where people can find you and all of that um yeah so you guys can find us on um just like i'm on the sniffers instagram it spells like how it sounds pretty much uh and then uh yeah you can do just type that into google and and the music will come up somewhere along the lines so that's where you can find us and i'll say if you'd like to come to our live shows please please come along awesome that's awesome well thank you so much thank you this like this was amazing thanks for thanks for inviting me on and thanks for having me and um yeah